Next on BYU Sports Nation, welcome to the Dog Pound. Sione Takitaki now walking the walkie as a Cleveland Brown. How's the fit with his new team? Who else signed free agent deals and will they make the roster? Plus, will Corbin Kafusi of all people, affect which NFL team you cheer for? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play, back in Studio B. Brought to you by the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, the BYU Store. Monday, April 29th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who is now reconsidering his fandom for the Seattle Seahawks, Jerem Jordan. Why would I do that? Who did they draft over the weekend? A couple of youths. Yes, they did. Yeah. Uh, I'm not reconsidering the Seahawks. I'm reconsidering the decision of the Seahawks to draft those guys. I'm, I'm a Seahawks fan. So you embrace yeah. them. Once they get past the college era. I guess. If they're okay. good, yeah. Like Bobby Wagner is a Utah State guy, and he's the second best uh, Seattle Seahawks player. Does so that one go. bother you as much as you know a Ute being the second best player would? Well, they won't be, so okay. <laughs> I won't have to uh, figure that out. Okay, fair enough. Cody Barton and Marquise uh, Blair. Yeah. yeah, Marquise Blair is the quintessential Seattle Seahawk, the way he plays football. That didn't surprise me The way me they at used all. to play. Yeah, the way the Seahawks used to play. Did not surprise yeah. me at all. Here's today's show lineup. Jeff Lloyd of the Locked on Browns podcast joins us to discuss what type of fit Sione Takitaki is for the Cleveland Browns. We'll go to the Voice of the Nation to find out how BYU football players affect your NFL fandom. And we discuss who we think was missing in this weekend's draft news. Where's Braden Albacri? What happened there? All later in the show. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. As mentioned, now former BYU linebacker Sione Takitaki drafted by the Cleveland Browns in the third round 80th pick overall on Friday. Takitaki registered 237 total tackles, 143 solo stops, 94 assisted over 43 games. Takitaki now adds to the BYU linebacker success in the NFL draft, which brings us to a very early stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Think about all of those great BYU linebackers. Siani Takitaki is one of just five BYU linebackers to be drafted in the first three rounds of the National Football League draft. That's impressive given how many good linebackers have come through this place. Awesome. Corbin Kafusi signed a free agent deal with the New Orleans Saints, reuniting with Taysom Hill. Very nice. And quarterback Tanner Mangum accepted mini-camp invites from the Detroit Lions and Oakland Raiders. Good luck to Tanner. Hey, two are better than none for sure. BYU baseball sweeping Pacific over the weekend in Stockton, California, scoring games of 12-1 and 5-0. The Batcats overall in the series outscored the Tigers 28-8. Easton Walker continues to be amazing. Second in the NCAA and earned run average at .89. After throwing eight innings and allowing one run on Friday night, the Cougars now have the best win percentage in the West Coast Conference and are ranked 25th in Baseball America's Top 25. The Cougars on the road against California tonight at 6 Eastern. You can listen live on BYU Radio. Yeah, they stayed in the Bay Area, had a great day off, and uh, they're back at it tonight. And at BYU's Robison Invitational in track and field, freshman Jaslyn Gardner broke BYU's 22-year record in the 100 with a time of 11.38. 
a freshman broke the record. Very nice. Three BYU relay teams ran potential qualifying times for the NCAA West prelims as well. The women's 4x100 team and the men and women's 4x400 teams. Jaslyn Gardner straight out of Enterprise, Utah. Tom Holmo walked into the play-by-play booth during Sopo on Friday night and said, Hey, hey, you got to get her on the show. You won't believe what she just did. And then he pointed out that she was from Enterprise. And, I was and like, he tweeted about it. Yes, he did. As if, as if going into the booth wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard. We, he has been heard. Oh, we, yeah, Tom, we were trying to get her on before he came into the booth. Come on, we're all over it. Let's go. <laughs> all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Who let the dog out? Couldn't help myself. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, not. I'm sorry. Although, it's a story real quick. My uncle goes to, he gets his master's at UNLV, and he says to the rest of the family, hey, this isn't BYU. No, like, crazy cheering, you know, like, relax. When, you know, I go across, like, don't just make a scene, you know, like, relax. So, so yeah, it was worse than BYU, right? Some this is when that song came out, and all of a sudden, everyone in the whole crowd is like, Who, who, who? Oh, no, it's like, oh, it's not BYU. Huh? Oh, no, it's worse. It's UNLV. Anyway, well, ahead. it's totally okay <laughs> if you're part of the Cleveland Browns, and that is Sione Takitaki. <laughs> yeah, third round, 16th pick, 80th overall. He goes on Friday and becomes for a second straight year a BYU linebacker drafted in the third round. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. What a rise for Sione Takitaki over the last four months. That said, Jeremy, is Cleveland a good fit for Sione? I have no clue. But I'll break down what we know about the Cleveland okay. Browns. Okay? New defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes. He was the head coach at Arizona. They fired him, 3-13. and 13. Okay. Uh, He apparently likes a 4-3. Likes zone coverage. Expected to be more aggressive and blitz more. Pro Football Focus said that the last two seasons under Wilkes, 51% of all snaps were uh, blitz. That was the most of any uh, team in the two-year span. So he's very aggressive, right? What did Sione Takitaki do the last couple of years here? He was a defensive lineman for a year or two, right? So he's good at rushing the quarterback. There's seven linebackers on the Cleveland Browns roster currently. Sione was taken in the third, so he makes eight. Mac Wilson of Alabama was taken in the fifth, so that makes nine. Uh, and then Diedrich Young you know, was a free agent signing. So there's kind of 10 going into the season at the moment, right? A lot can change with minicamp and OTAs and whatnot. That's what we know. As for the fit, I, I have no idea. When Kyle Vannoy went to the Lions, we weren't saying, it's a bad fit. It's just hard to know schematically, personnel, coach, whatever. What I, what I know, though, is that Sione is going to be ready to make plays when he's asked to do so, whether that's early or later. There are some vets on that, in that group, and the Browns have been traditionally a terrible team, but last year made the jump from uh, you know, seven or four wins the previous three years to seven yeah. last year, which was a big deal. So they're on the rise, which is great. When I first saw the Browns, I was like, oh, man. No, no. But they are on the rise, certainly, and especially on the offensive side of the ball. We'll see about the defense. They went out and spent some money as well to get some more weapons to try and win some more games in their division. I like the fit for Sione, but to be quite honest with you, I think Sione would be a good fit in probably 26 of the 32 NFL cities. Just- Who are the six that w- he wouldn't be in? Okay, so <laughs> you want me to go over all of them? I'm not, we can do that later, okay? <laughs> I looked at s- schemes and defenses, the number of linebackers and all that, and I was like, man, he has the type of skill set that would fit with most NFL teams at middle linebacker. He's disciplined. He's hardworking. He's a good tackler. Uh, he's a team first guy. I, I feel like 
he fits the mold for a bunch of different NFL teams. It's not like he has – he's not like Kyle Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy on the edge, playmaker, kind of is a cavalier sometimes, does his own thing. Right. He plays middle linebacker for the Patriots. Didn't though. listen to the coaches at times at BYU and just – I mean, would still make plays, but they it were – Didn't really cost him. They were, yeah. heads, they were scratching their heads at times like, man, you know, stick within the scheme. Sione is a guy that will stick within the scheme. And to your point, Kyle has excelled as a middle linebacker, right? Sione is going as a middle linebacker. Fred as a middle linebacker. These guys, they, they are successful because of the position they're put in. If Sione was at outside, I don't think he would thrive. But because he's going to be a middle, I think he's going to be a stud for the Cleveland Browns. I, I don't know. I think his skill set fits with a lot of NFL teams just because he's a hard worker and he's disciplined and he's a good tackler. Yeah. Plug and play, man, wherever you go. I hope that he finds great success in Cleveland. In addition to Taki Taki, Corbin Kafusi signed as a free agent with the New Orleans Saints, reuniting him with Taysom Hill. Tanner Mangum will try to make it past minicamp with the Raiders and Lions. Spencer will either make a 53-man roster. Corbin Kafusi will eventually make a 53-man roster. I think he'll end up on the practice squad for the New Orleans Saints in year number one. But he's too much of an athletic freak to not, I think, work his way up to at least a game or two by year two on the 53-man roster. Yeah, I like, I like Corbin's game, and I think when he's healthy, he is a force. And why would you not draft a guy like that just to throw him out there to be at least be on field goal block? How many kicks did yeah. Corbin Kafusi block at BYU because he has great athleticism and he's 6'9"? And has a huge reach. So, yeah, maybe he makes the 53-man roster just as special teams guy this year for the New Orleans Saints. I'm sure Taysom Hill is putting in a good word for him. I think he'll eventually be on a roster. As for Tanner Mangum, minicamps, not close to what a free agent contract is. He's got a long road ahead. He's got to do a lot of work in those minicamps. It's like a walk-on track. You you rarely make it past that. I hope for Tanner's sake that he can do enough to garner a free agent contract so that a team will take a closer look at him yeah. over the summer and he'll be, you know, part of the preseason drill somewhere. Because if you if you don't make it through minicamp, then you don't get to play in any preseason games. I, I hope Tanner has a chance to play in at least one NFL preseason game. I think if he does that, then he's probably overachieved for the expectation. Yeah. Um, I don't with Tanner Mangum, but I'd love to see it. Absolutely. Um at least a practice squad. And I'm with you. I think Corbin Kafusi physically will be able to make a 53-man roster. You want to at least put yourself in position to be on the practice squads. And, and if you are, chances are you make it on the 53 for at least a week or two or whatever, depending on injuries or ineptitude, the two eyes I like to point out all the time. Yeah, Tanner Mangum, uh, certainly an uphill battle um, with that. But the fact that he doesn't even start the last seven games in college yet gets a minicamp invite is a nod to what he did in his career at BYU. People know that he threw for a certain amount, was the national freshman of the year. He's going to get a look. This is where the AAF would have been nice for a guy like Tanner Mangum where, okay, maybe he got a shot to compete in that league. Um, I don't know if he's interested in the CFL or whatnot, but first he's going to shoot his shot, if you will, why not? Uh, in the NFL. Yeah, why not? Well, keep in mind, Tanner Mangum makes a great first impression on coaches in practice. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously in games when stepping into the scene and uh, seizing the moment, if you will. Yeah, a last impression is probably worth more, but uh, it's good to make an impression at all. Yeah, he makes yeah. a good first impression. So 
Yeah. What about I, the middle impression? No one talks about the second impression, third, eighth. It's Tanner Mangum's second impression at BYU was pretty good as well against Boise State. <laughs> yeah, I mean his sophomore year. I know. His junior year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kid. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be that shocked to see him playing in a preseason game somewhere. But I'd, he's, he's I'd be a, surprised. I would. Because a, coming from the minicamp spot to that is, is quite the jump. Yeah, again, because of his first impression factor, he's an, he's a great practice quarterback. He he can make all the throws and like can he do more than Jake Keeps? Because Jake Keeps was first team all American practice guy. Tanner is a tremendous practice player. Like, why did Jake Keeps sit with the Jets and the Seahawks on the practice? It was like, what? That's what this I'm guy saying. Can't play in the game. I'm saying, will somebody be like, so, oh, yeah. mechanics, size, I like it. Yeah, let's give him a shot in a preseason game. I, I guess I wouldn't be that shocked. Surprised, yes, not shocked. All right, Jerem, which current BYU player will we be talking about at this time next year following the NFL draft? I'll give you a couple names, and I'm not sure that BYU will have a draft pick next year. I hope they do. Wow, not Moroni even right. Okay, If that knee holds up, um, he's got a shot to be drafted. Although he, the mission thing makes you older. Like, if I'm an NFL GM, I get it. Oh, I can take this player that's two years younger than this player with a similar skill set and is two years younger and didn't have a like a nearly career-ending knee injury type thing. Like, I get it. I hope the MLP is a guy in the mix. Don Gonwoloku, to me, is a guy that um, he's probably a little shorter than NFL safeties tend to be, but could be a corner, I think, at the next level. He's got to have good measurables in the 40 and whatnot and in the three-cone. Zane Anderson, if he puts on a little bit of weight, I think he's a better fit at safety at the next level. I think BYU feels like linebacker is that for him. Um, so agree to disagree. Kyrus Tonga is the name that jumps out to me, though. Okay. Because right. if Kyrus Tonga comes out after his junior, has a great junior season, he's a guy that could be drafted. And Elisa Tuiaki was saying from day one, hey, this is a guy that could leave early and go. And, uh, you know, this will be his third season, um, and, and he'll be draft eligible. And uh, Kyrus Tonga is legit, man. Like, he is an NFL defensive yes, lineman. Yes, yes. I agree with you. Kyrus Tonga is the most likely to be drafted if he leaves BYU early. He feels like the most likely suspect to make an NFL 53-man roster. However, Diane Gawoliku is BYU's honey badger. That dude is an outstanding special teams player, which gives him an advantage to make an NFL roster. I don't know if Diane's going to get drafted, but he'll play in the NFL. Diane Gawoliku will play in the National Football League because he is versatile and can make plays on special teams. Yeah. And Zane, Moroni, what's tough for those guys is they're coming off injuries. Who knows what they're going to be able to do in their senior campaigns. Diane has stayed relatively healthy, and his speed is another. Like He's, he's a guy that can run a 4-4, Jerem. So, you know, I think he'll need to. To have a shot. He's a guy that can and has run a 4-4. At that position, you need that. Yeah. Special teams, you want a gunner? Okay. You need a guy that can run a 4-4 and make tackles, and I think he can do both those things. I think Diane will play in the NFL. I think he's going to play. He's going to make a roster. Uh, As far as the draft, though, I'm with you. Kyra Stonga seems like the guy. Yeah, and if Kyra doesn't come out early, I think BYU goes 0 for next year. And that's not the worst thing in the world, as long as you put several free agents in that land. Like, Daniel Sorensen was an amazing gunner. He was a good, sa- like, really good safety as well. And now he's a, a starter for one of the top five teams in the NFL, which is awesome. Well, they can all start to make their impression on NFL scouts once again in how many days? Countdown to the youths. 
122. 122 days to be exact when MLP, Diane Gawoliku, Kairos Tonga, Zane Anderson, among others, start to make that next impression on the National Football League scouts. Hopefully they just make an impression on the Utes and we go from there. <laughs> I don't really care about the NFL for them until I Yes. Yeah. Now, what kind of impression are you hoping they make on the Utes? Hopefully there's impressions, depressions, <laughs> all kinds of things, right, on, uh, on the opponent. Go is, that a, Cougars. is that a stretch Y on your thigh there? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which NFL team, our question of the day, that is not your favorite, do you root for most because of a former BYU player on that team? There are several. We, this is a fun question. Time to hear from you, BYU Sports Nation, and go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from Ryan Benyon on Twitter. As a 49ers fan, I'm embarrassed to admit I watched more Saints games than 49ers games last year after Garoppolo went down. Oh, nobody blames you. San Francisco quarterback. I was all about Taysom time and now excited to see Kafusi time. Packers and Patriots were a close three and four. Hashtag BYUSN. You better believe Tanner Mangum was trying to get something with the Patriots, by the way, because he's a Tom Brady guy. Yeah. 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 And uh, unfortunately, he was injured, didn't get a play at Gillette. He was this close. But well, you bring that, up the New England Patriots. Right? Caleb Perkins answers on Facebook, Patriots, they are my number one rival, but Kyle Van Noy will always be my favorite BYU player. Yeah, there's a funny emotional Because I don't want to root there, for right? the Patriots, but I want because Kyle to do well. Because they always win. Yeah. Yeah, but Kyle. Now that Kyle's the, the the BYU attitude towards the Patriots has definitely softened because he's won two Super Bowl rings. With well, them. mine's just for Kyle. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> in this, I don't root for the team. I just root for the individual. How much of your dislike for the Patriots has to do with what happened in the Super Bowl on the final play? Well, it's just it's just they've cheated and won. <laughs> like they're outspoken <laughs> cheaters. It's like, like I'm jealous of the winning, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah, in a particular Super Bowl. Coming up, who didn't get a free agent deal that we thought deserved one? And we'll find out where Sione Takitaki fits on the Cleveland Browns depth chart. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Your BYU softball team has won 10 of the last 11, and they host Utah Wednesday, 8 Eastern on BYU TV Digital. Live from Studio B, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play continues. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is the host of Locked On Browns podcast, Jeff Lloyd, to discuss, you know it, Sione Takitaki. Jeff, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Uh, how you gentlemen doing today? Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Uh, but here, here's the thing. Did the Cleveland Browns just have the greatest draft class of amazing names between Greedy Williams, Sione Takitaki, among others? And Sheldrick Redwine. <laughs> well, I mean, it always brings a little spice and a little value that you get some good names. But uh, obviously, you know, it, it, you know, Takitaki turns out to be the players are hoping for. You, you, you can just kind of hear the chance. And, you know, with a crowd, obviously, you know, a, well, you know, all fired up on a Sunday afternoon. Somebody makes a big play. The, the Taki Taki chance will definitely be uh, ringing through First Energy Stadium. How does he fit among this linebacker group? 
Um, well, I mean, the draft itself, look, they had two top headliners at the position in Devin, Devin White, Devin Bush. Obviously, both those players were off the board by pick 10. Um, then after that, it, that's where there was the great variance within you, know, how everyone viewed the rest of the, the, the class. Um, I think with Taki Taki, um, he tested very well at the Combine, which, which impressed. Um, most people had him as a day three guy. Um, but I, his testing obviously you know, showed that he was much better athletically than I think people had saw on his film, um, which probably helped him to the rise that he had. Um, the Browns were to the point last season where they were signing street free agents at the linebacker position, and they were actually forced to play them at times. Uh, you know, they had a good initial crew, um, but you know, Joe Schobert missed a ton of time. Christian Kirksey, a captain for them, was injured a couple times before his season was over. So they really need depth at the position. And one of the things with Taki Taki with being the athletic player he is, he's physical. He's versatile, obviously, where he's played some time at the edge position in his days in Provo. So it's going to be a solid, solid pick for this team who needed to start getting some more players at the linebacker position. Joe Schobert's going to come, to come up for a contract here uh, you know, after next season, and the way the linebackers did this well, this, this cycle in free agency, you know, financially they did very, very well. Could be in a position where you know, Joe's, you know, Joe's worthy price tag might be too much for the Browns' interest. Sione Takitaki was taken in the third round. Mac Wilson from Alabama in the fifth. So linebacker is certainly an emphasis there for the Browns. How do you think Sione fits among the Browns linebackers, and do you see him getting uh, playing time soon? I, I believe he will. Obviously, you know they moved on from Jamie Collins. They did not sign a linebacker, you know, through free agency. Obviously, they drafted two here in the draft. Um, Sione Takitaki probably is the one who's probably a little bit more ready to go. Uh, you know, an older guy, Mac Wilson's just a kid, just turned 21 the day he got drafted. Uh, but Sione, obviously, a little bit more established. Uh, the physicality is NFL ready right off the bat. Um, can get his feet wet in some special teams. Uh, he'll get to work with a guy like Joe Schobert, who was a fourth round pick as an outside guy with a pass rushing, you know, background similar. Uh, to Sione, so you know if he can get with Joe and work, and you know Joe's be ter- become one of the better middle linebackers in the NFL, there'll be room because they're they're going to need you know help from the linebacker position. Time where we've lost just, Jeff you know, Lloyd. The athleticism is leading him, but you bring in a guy like this who has no issue getting his nose dirty, can get off blocks, uh, you know, can cover some backs out of the backfield. Uh, they, this is definitely what they need because you're, there's going to be some coverage needed here because the Browns are anticipating you know being ahead in a lot of these games, which means you know late third quarter, fourth quarter, their opponents are going to be throwing the ball a ton against them. Jeff Lloyd from Locked On Browns podcast with us on BYU Sports Nation. When a team takes a guy in the third round, are they expecting him to at some point make a significant contribution in year one? Is is that a pretty standard thing across the board? Well, there would be two ways to look at it. I mean, you would look at it if, you know, let's say you had a kid who was just 20 or 21 years old and you realize maybe there's going to be some growth to his game. Um, with a guy like Sione, you know who he is already. He's already established. So, obviously, you can find a role for him right away. Probably he's going to play some special teams. Most of the Browns draft choices are going to play special teams. That's where that roster is at now. They're a good roster. They didn't have a lot of starting holes up for grabs. So could Sione end up taking one of those? Absolutely. But, you know, as a, as a player here, this is going to be something he's going to ask to do early and obviously can set a tone in that respect. Uh, but there'll be a role for him. I, I would think as long as everything goes okay with him, there should be a role. I mean, the only other competition is Christian Kirksey. And obviously, you know, Mac Wilson was drafted in the fifth round. But, you know, with uh, the new defensive coordinator here, there is going to be an and He likes his linebackers. In Carolina he, Carolina, he played three linebackers a ton. So we could see Wilkes wanting to do some three linebacker sets here, you know, in first downs, you know, in first and ten situations, and that would make Sione that third man. 
You feel like with the Browns, you, you have some continuity, right, with uh, Freddie Kitchens, kind of what's going to be the, the situation there with Baker Mayfield and all those weapons, of course, OBJ in the offseason, notably. Defensively, Steve Wilkes comes over from the Cardinals. So what do you expect on the defensive side of the ball with Wilkes running the show now? Um, well, I mean, first things, I mean, the, the stakes are just raised. I mean, he brought in a player like Sheldon Richardson. Obviously, he made a trade for another pass rusher in Olivier Vernon. Their starting front four right now, is it, 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 it looks really, really, really good on paper. Denzel Ward was lights out as a rookie. Um, Demarius Randall, uh, you know, a solid free safety. They brought in a nice combination of Eric Murray and Morgan Burnett. Um, so now Wilkes, he can play this either way. Now he does have the tradition of obviously playing a lot of linebackers from his days in Carolina. Last year when he was in Arizona, though, he played nickel and dime over 63% of the time. So it's a really good combination here. And the thing is, is now the, Brian, the Browns are getting to the point where they have 20 to 21 to 22 players they can use in rotational fits. That, so everybody can kind of stay fresh, which was one of the issues they got into last year. You know, uh, Miles Garrett played way too many snaps. Larry Ogunjobi played way, way too many snaps. But now where you're in a uh, position where you have more trustworthy guys that you can put on the field to get the appropriate rest. And look, I mean, today's NFL is all about versatility, versatility and showing different looks and not just the same thing. So it should work out for Wilkes. And it's, it Wilkes in a tough spot, obviously, just one year in Arizona. You know, so he's going to have a little bit of chip on his shoulder because he would like to get back to a head coaching job somewhere. But he's got all the weapons at his disposal to get this defense. And it's, it's crazy to say it, but the for the most part, the Browns were a better statistical defensive unit when they went 0-16 in 2017 than they were last year when they went 7-8-1. It's crazy, but there's a lot of truth to it. That's that is insane. crazy. Wow. That is insane. Uh, let's talk expectations with the offseason moves and now after the draft. If you were to gauge just the general consensus of the fans, are the Cleveland Browns expected to make the NFL playoffs? I, I believe there's no there, there's no way you should be thinking about anything else but the playoffs last night last uh, this year last year it's seven eight and one last year was a much more difficult schedule than the schedule they're about to face this year so obviously Vernon brought in and then Sheldon Richardson brought in in the draft class they brought in offensively you brought in Odell Beckham Jr. you also brought in Kareem Hunt the offense is loaded at the skill positions they did a great job. And re, you know, establishing a, a strong defensive line. Obviously, you know they uh, acquired three defensive backs through the draft: in Greedy Williams, in Sheldrick Redwine, obviously uh, Taki Taki and Mac Wilson. They put a lot of effort into this this product. And you know, some teams within the division had good drafts, and that's all well and good. But they're going to have to be ready to go. And there's going to be no excuses. This team is expected to win double-digit games, double-digit wins at minimum this year. Jeff, great to talk to you, man. We appreciate the insight, and uh, I hope you get a little bit of time off before all those mini camps begin, and then we're going to be in football before you know it. Absolutely, guys. All right, Jeff Lloyd, host of the Locked on Browns podcast. Big thanks to him for joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Sounds like an opportunity is there. So excited to watch uh, Sione Taki Taki with the Browns, who traditionally have been a team that, oh, boring, right? But then they get Baker Mayfield, and then they add OBJ in the offseason. Now our guy Sione Takitaki is on the team. That's kind of must-watch NFL team Don't they now, have Jarvis right? Landry as yeah, well? Yeah, they already had him. LSU teammates with OBJ. Yeah. They, uh, Miles Garrett. They have, they have some star power. Obviously, hard knocks did the Browns last year. That was mm-hmm. fun to watch. Uh, so, yeah, let's see the Browns yeah. do something. Steelers, like, obviously, you, you lose in that division, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. So are they still that team or not? Right? So the Browns uh, are looking to seize an opportunity. But the NFL, more than anything else, you think a few teams are going to be awesome. 
and then they aren't, and vice versa. So let's see if the Browns step into that playoff position or not. Yeah, and what an opportunity for Sione to play behind studs on the defensive line. Miles Garrett, Sheldon, I mean, Sheldon Richardson, like that. They, they have loaded up, baby. Yeah. They're still the Browns, but I hope they make the playoffs for oh, Sione's sake. The, expecta- <laughs> the expectations are there. <laughs> They're still the Browns, people. The name is the Browns. Coming up, what player do we both agree should have been picked up as a free agent yesterday? And back to the voice of the nation. Which NFL team do you root for the most based on BYU players and where they fit with those teams? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation continues on a Monday. Back to work in Studio B alongside Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. Let's review the headlines, shall we? Starting with this, former BYU linebacker Sione Takitaki, drafted by the Cleveland Browns in the third round, 80th pick overall on Friday in the NFL draft. Takitaki registered 237 total tackles during his 43-game career at BYU. Corbin Kafutsi signed a free agent deal with the New Orleans Saints, and quarterback Tanner Mangum accepted minicamp invites from the Detroit Lions and Oakland Raiders. BYU baseball sweeps Pacific over the weekend in Stockton, California, outscoring the Tigers 28-8 in that three-game series. Cougars now have the best winning percentage in the WCC and are ranked 25th in Baseball America's Top 25. Backcats on the road against California tonight. 6 Eastern, live on BYU Radio. And at BYU's Robison Invitational, freshman Jaslyn Gardner broke BYU's 22-year record in the 100-meter dash in a time of 11.38. Three BYU relay teams also ran potential qualifying times for the NCAA West prelims, the women's 4x100 and the men and women's 4x400. Jaslyn beat the previous record by six hundredths. I mean, that's really impressive. 22 years, man. And a freshman. So will she break her own record again? Fantastic. Hey, let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. We want to hear from you. Answer this question. Which NFL team that is not your favorite do you root for the most because of a former BYU player on that team? Austin R. Sums on Instagram says, I'm a Patriots fan. So the Saints. Fun to see Taysom Hill in all the different packages the Saints put him in. I think it depends, too. Uh, are they in your division? Are they a rival? Right? Because I, I, I totally separate the team from the individual. I don't go. Unless, okay, so my team's out, Seahawks, in the NFC. And so I'm like, sure, I'll, I've, I'll root for Taysom Hill to get to the Super Bowl. Therefore, the Saints. In that situation. But, like, the whole season, not necessarily. Like, I want him to be successful. Sure, if the team does well, that's great, too. Okay. You know? But I'm not like, dude, go Saints! Like, waving a flag. Yeah. No. Well, it, it's, it's, sometimes it is hard to separate the two because the success of the team then means success and happiness for that individual player, right? If the, well, yes and no, right? We, we were rooting for Kyle Van Noy, but we weren't like, dude, hopefully the Lions win 12 games. Like, we know they stink. Like, with the Browns, it's like, well, hopefully you make the playoffs. But if they don't make the playoffs, and, but Sione is like rookie of the year, I'd be happy. I'd be fine. <laughs> right? Sure, in that like, instance, like Fred, in that instance, Fred yes. Warner with the Niners. I didn't root for the Niners. I don't like the Niners. But I was like, Fred, have a great game. Hopefully he has a gajillion tackles and interceptions and fumbles. And that he did. Yeah. I mean, well, he was one of the top 20 tacklers in the NFL this year. That's awesome. As a rookie. And, and that, that is the most overrated stat in football. 
tackles because unless they run out of bounds or score, someone's got to tackle them. Um, so that was great, and you want to pile those up for sure, but someone's got to tackle the guy. Well, interesting. Yeah, yeah I'd like to dive into that uh, in one of our 90 shows over the summer as to why yeah. you think tackling is the most overrated stat. Because they're going to be tackled unless they run out of bounds or score. <laughs> so it's like, it's going to happen. Yeah, but you show effort like if you... You can make the tackle compared to yeah. ten other guys, right? So you're showing effort. Well, you if can you're have in the right assisted at tackles, the right time things like that. You could have assisted tackles, therefore right. it's whatever. Yeah, unassisted tackles perhaps mean more. But if your defense gives up a ton of points and the other team runs a bunch of plays, it's like, well, maybe your scheme stinks, right? <laughs> like, ta- like a bunch of tackles doesn't mean you had a great game necessarily. There, there are levels of tackles, tackles for loss, obviously, sacks. How many uh, turnovers are you forcing? Um, how many broken tackles does the player have against you? So it, it's it's like it's like in baseball. If you just said like, just you know like walks or just hits, it's like well there are variations of hits. Like is anyone on? Did you advance the runner? Did you bring them home? Right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There's so- more. Like this isn't 1928 where we go. This stat means this. It's like we know the game. We're way smarter now. Yeah, I get you. Not all yeah. tackles are created equal. Yeah, but I do sure. think they're. I'm not sure it's the most overrated stat. Yeah, that's that's an interesting take for sure. Ryan Wilcox on Facebook says, answering our question, which NFL team do you root for the most because of a former BYU player on that team, the New Orleans Saints. But honestly, I root for all of them individually. I'd have no problem whatsoever if New England, for example, never won another game, but Van Noy became a pro bowler. Yeah. And, and again, pro, all pro greater than pro bowl because a guy gets injured. Like Vince Young was a pro bowler. He wasn't one of the best, like, 15 quarterbacks in the NFL at the time, right? This guy's in the Super Bowl. This guy's injured. So go, all pro is what you really want to be. Troy Sylvester answers on Facebook. The Saints. It, it feels like the People Saints love Taysom. are... The team. Slash the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There's that connection, right? Love what they are doing with Taysom Hill, but even more, Sean Payton is such an innovative and creative coach that knows how to utilize people. I will likely be a fan of wherever he is. Well, the Saints are very likable as well because they had disaster, right? Hurricane Katrina. They have a quarterback that's extremely likable and Drew Brees, right? Great teammate, great guy, great dad, all the deal. And Taysom Hill is on that team. They're easy to root for, I think. Jared, Who that? Jared LeBaron on Facebook says, Kansas City Chiefs, I love Andy Reid. Close second is the Saints. Not only Andy Reid, but Daniel Sorensen. Okay, question. Are the Saints the new Niners? So when Steve Young was on the Niners, there were many BYU fans and it seemed members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that enjoyed the Niners because of that player. So is, that, is it because Andy Reid is a member of the church and you have Danny Sorensen that the Chiefs are the new... I don't think the Chiefs have had the same level of success, so I would I would argue the answer to my own question, which is weird, is no. <laughs> I'm going to call you Dwight but Schrute. But they're going that direction. <laughs> when I start planting beets, you can call me Dwight Schrute. And I have Cousin Moe's out there running alongside a car that pulls up. They're That's hungry. when you can call me Dwight. <laughs> How would Dwight Schrute attack himself in a fight? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the Chiefs of all the teams fit that mold, though, more than any other team, where it's like, what's the default BYU fan team? I can, it sounds like the Saints uh, are the does, team, It does. Though, right? I can tell you this much if Ziggy Ansa goes to the Saints oh it's over 
And now with Corbin Kafusi coming on, where do we want him to go Corbin's in this the conversation? Squad, and then Taysom Hill, and the Saints are winning, and it's awesome, and everybody loves Drew Brees because he's America's quarterback, and he's the great guy. Like it, the Saints will become what the 49ers were to BYU fans. Another likable factor: Saints got a job against the Rams, obviously. So people are empathetic towards that play. Yeah, right? yeah. Wait, where do we want Ziggy to go in this whole situation? Oh, I would love for him to end up with the Saints. Are you kidding me? Well, first, I'd like the Seahawks. Put him on a winner. Right. Put him on a winning team. A okay, team Seahawks. that has a chance to go deep into the NFL playoffs because he's been in Detroit. So, so Chiefs then. They like, need, well, can we give Ziggy yeah. the Kyle Van Noy treatment and put him on a Super Bowl contender? He is not under the radar, though. He's expensive and going to be one of the main guys, if not the main guy in your defense. Great. So go get I, him. I hope he's not the, the, the most expensive best player on a bad team. Because I need to get buried like he was in Detroit. Yeah. I don't want All that. types of responses come in, and I see at least three more Saints uh, well, what if submissions we had, already. What if we have a Saints fan putting that into our uh, rundown here? That's my question. Is it everybody, or is it just a person filtering it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Are you being unbiased? Filterer of tweets? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's doing it today. Coming up, what BYU player didn't sign a free agent deal but we think should have? And the men's volleyball season is over. It is. But they're still winning, Jerem. What? They're still winning. How? Details in the whip. This is what? BYU Sports Nation. Such a good tease. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now. Kiki Solano is casting BYU Sports Avengers. Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and IGTV if you dare. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. Which NFL team that is not your favorite do you root for the most because of a former BYU player on that team? And maybe your favorite team does have a former BYU yeah. player on okay, it. Okay, now Emmy Franks is running uh, social media today mm-hmm. and doing this. So mm-hmm. she said, it's all the Saints, man. I have no power here. Yes, you do. You can put in whatever tweets you want and discard whatever tweets you want, Emmy. Okay. But she says it's all saints, and I believe her. With great power comes but you do great have responsibility. Great, you do have great power, Peter Parker, Emmy Franks. <laughs> Kevin Riedler on Facebook answers today's question. With Taysom Hill, it's been the saints, Mr. Versatile. Mm-hmm. With Corbin potentially joining the roster, that's now doubly so. And maybe they, triply so is Ziggy Ansa. Are they more... Uh, are they they more likable as a BYU fan now because Corbin's there? I I think yes, right? Like having the one guy is one thing, having multiple, and that's the thing with the Niners back in the day. I'll go back to that. So you had Steve Young, uh, you had Bart Oates, uh huh, a great center. Was anybody else? Am I missing someone on the defensive line or something? I I feel like there were multiple, so it was easy to get on board with that, right? The Chiefs, you got the head coach and Andy Reid, you got Daniel Sorensen, and so on. Okay, that's why everybody. That was a BYU fan. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of people wanted a Chiefs-Saints Super Bowl so that Andy oh, Reid and Daniel Sorensen could match up against but Taysom Hill it the was Saints. the Patriots. Oh, hum, bull ring. <laughs> and, and BYU got a Super Bowl ring for Kyle Van Noy. Their 80th, 1,000th victory in the Super Bowl. Congratulations. <laughs> Jerry, why do you hate the Patriots? Because they cheat and they win a lot. Because they're proven cheaters. <laughs> it's not like they won square and fair. Yeah. Dan Jorgensen on Facebook. I have to admit that I don't hate the Patriots as much because of Kyle Van Noy. There is that effect. Once he leaves, I'll hate them again, I suspect. <laughs> the, the hate's dormant. <laughs> Tim, Tim Hanshaw. Um, yeah, was a lineman okay. for the Niners right. as well. All right. Of course, your boy Tom Homo back in the day. Bef- sure. 
the with, early, early yeah. 80s. Yeah. That's, yeah. And that's before Steve Young. Dennis Patera was a kicker in 68. I'm just looking up. No, I mean, between between Tom Homo, yeah, yeah. Steve Young, Todd Shell for Oates, four years. Todd Shell. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite a list. Yeah. So, they, yeah, there's some good representation there. Wayne Baker in 75. I've never even heard of some of these people. And now Terrell Owens is repping BYU gear, and he's yeah. a 49er. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Join the conversation 24-7 on social media Stop using talking the about hashtag the Niners. BYUSN. All right. We mentioned, yep. obviously, yep. Sione Takitaki, Corbin Kafusi, and Tanner Mangum because those are the guys that got something got something out of the NFL draft weekend. But who's missing from the NFL news this weekend that should have been picked up by a team? I have three names. One is obvious. Braden Elbakri. Where we, is Braden Elbakri? We th- he's, he's apparently going to San Jose State to knock someone over out of anger, probably. I thought that Braden Elbakri would be picked up as a fullback. I thought he had good measurables. On Pro Day, live on BYU TV, shameless plug. I thought that he also had good film on special teams and as a fullback, had rushing touchdowns, had uh, you know caught balls out of the backfield. I'm surprised that Braden Elbakri didn't get a shot. I, I still think he will, but I thought that yesterday he'd at least get a minicamp yeah. invite. Granted, fullbacks aren't in the game a ton, so it's a position that's going extinct, but it will always exist. Like the difference between cash and card. Cash will always exist, but you just not might use might not use it as much. Yeah, this is not to say that Braden isn't talking with other teams because he very well could be still deciding. If he was wanted, it would have happened to go yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and, and Quickly, maybe, maybe right? he's deciding on mini camp invites. I don't know, sure. I, but I just if Braden Elbakri doesn't at least get some type of shot in the NFL in a mini camp or whatever. I will be stunned. It would be at the level of Brock Hale not being drafted out of BYU yeah. and made into the major leagues in 45 rounds for the last yeah. two years. I feel like Brock is was a better pro prospect than Braden. Um, and he didn't get drafted. Yeah, that was weird. In 40 rounds. Let me give you two more names that are somewhat surprising, okay? Austin Hoyt. Austin Hoyt, offensive lineman, tackle, chose not to pursue pro football. This is a guy who had a senior bowl invite. Austin Hoyt could have been drafted over the weekend. At a minimum, free agent. Yeah. But BYU could have had two, potentially. He chose. He's got a good job, apparently. Post-BYU, he's got a kid already. Like, he's, like, out there. He's, yeah. he's done. I don't know if he pulled, like, an Eli Herring, didn't want to play on the Sabbath or not deal, but he chose not to. Here's the other name. Had he been healthy, I think that he could have been drafted yesterday. Ului Lapuaho. Yeah. I think a couple of years ago Beast. when he was a two-year starter, and this is pre-knee injuries, he could have been one of those guys. Like 6'7", 335, like typical, massive, huge NFL offensive lineman. But injuries got him like three different times. And Louie has the right mindset for yes. it, too. Yes, yes. He's, he's like kind off the field, but like a bully on it. Yes. And ask Boise State about it, right? <laughs> but... I, I think he could have um, been a, a guy that would at least have been a free agent signing today let, or a draft pick, right? Yeah, I had multiple offline conversations with BYU football personnel in the Austin Hoyt situation that said there are scouts that to to the day, almost to the weekend, that were still asking about him. Hey, are you sure he doesn't want to play? Because we're really interested. Like, are you sure? Like, people continuing to ask, even after he said, I'm done. I haven't been working out. Like, they, they're still like, are you sure? Because we think you could be a baller in the NFL. Then he sends them the receipts of the meals he's been eating, and they're like, okay, we're good. No, just kidding. 
But he didn't he didn't do anything on Pro Day. He got the Senior Bowl invite, and then it kind of just went quiet with him. And then we asked before Pro Day, hey, what's the situation there? And, yeah, he, well, he chose not to play. Good And good for Austin. That, that he's he, not the first guy no. ever to do this. But, uh, yeah, left it. Some people don't want it. Like, Lexi Rydalch, uh went to the WNBA. Was drafted, I think, uh, early third round. Chose not to play, right? And and didn't want to do it. So Not everyone has the same goals you do for them. She didn't want the lifestyle. Does that make sense? Yeah, she didn't want the lifestyle. Yeah, it, ultimately, you live the life you want, right? And, you know, you could sit back with Austin Hoyt and go, dude, you're passing up, like, minimum hundreds of thousands of dollars, let alone millions, And he's like, I'm way happier with he my has, family and my baby. He and, has his situation, right? Yeah. Yeah. He comes from, I mean, great family, an outstanding family. Love the Hoyts. And um, Austin, from what I'm told, is very happy and very at peace with his decision. So I would hope so, because he just... Yeah. Passed up what some would deem an incredible opportunity. But if you're good, you're good, right? So, yeah, Braden Al-Bakri, um, I won't be shocked if he gets some kind of invite from somebody at some point, right? He's got a good skill set. The hard thing for that is, and we've talked to a bunch of guys over the years, is it's hard to kind of stay in shape and work out and wait for that opportunity, yet you're trying to kind of get another job because you got to make money and whatnot. So it's a it's kind of a, a fickle situation. Yeah, and there. he won BYU's Pro Day for me. Like, his numbers he were, was the real MVP. were so good that yeah. I thought, yeah, for sure, he'll end up somewhere. He'll get a shot somewhere. I'm surprised that here on Monday, April 29th, that he's not And maybe Maybe he will. Well, I mean, we're obviously going to cover it. We're, we're all right. over it. At we'll least for a couple of them, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay, coming up, baseball busts out the brooms. Ah, uh, yes, plus our rise and shout-outs. Yeah, Sione Takitaki deserves it, but there's more to the story, Jerem. I'm going to tell you that right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout-out to today's guest from Locked On Brown's podcast, Jeff Lloyd thinks Sione Takitaki is going to be a significant contributor in year one. Show's on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the draft. Linebacker Sione Takitaki taken by the Cleveland Browns in the third round, 80th pick overall. He becomes the fifth BYU linebacker drafted in the first three rounds. Yes. Former defensive lineman Corbin Kafusi signs a free agent deal with the New Orleans Saints. And former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum accepts minicamp invites from the Detroit Lions and Oakland, soon to be the Las Vegas Raiders. Mangum, of course, the starting quarterback for three seasons at BYU. Baseball. Uh, two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. Cougars swept Pacific in Stockton, California, winning Friday 12-1, Saturday 5-0 after an 11-7 win in extras on Thursday. The Cougars are on top of the WCC, ranked number 25 by Baseball America. Cougars stay in the Bay Area to play Cal today, 6 Eastern on BYU Radio. And uh, maybe they'll stay for Rockets-Warriors game two tomorrow night. Who knows? (laughs) Track and field. Three BYU relay teams ran potential qualifying times for the 2019 NCAA West prelims on the final day of the Robison Invitational. Freshman Jaslyn Gardner ran an 11.38 in the 100 meter. (laughs) That stole the show. Broke a 22-year-old school record originally set by Wendy Jorgensen back in 1997. Whoa, 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 whoa. The previous record holder... His name was Wendy. There you go, baby. Not Wendy. Wendy. It's <laughs> awesome. Softball. As seen on BYU TV, the ladies swept San Diego 8 0, 15 2 on Friday, then 7 1 Saturday. There was a particular home run call that was fantastic. Oh. Three run home run. No. Ground slam. No. Three run home run. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no one was on second. Ah. BYU's won 10 of 11. The Cougars are in first place in the West Coast Conference at 8 1. 
Volleyball. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, a finalist for the 2019 Brian Ivey Award that is given to the nation's best opposite. Garcia-Fernandez also claimed ABCA second team All-American honors. Freshman Davide Gardini receiving honorable mention All-American honors. As an, as an Italian. Yeah, right. he's right. an international All-American because yes. he's yes. not All-American. He's some American. BYU has the second most All-American nods in ABCA history, by the way. I'm Super assuming cool. UCLA is one. The men's team took fourth at the West Coast Conference Championship. Sort of disappointing result for the team. Carson Lundell led the Cougars overall at three under par for the tournament. The NCAA selection show this Wednesday night, 9 Eastern on the Golf Channel. I hope they've done enough. Lacrosse. 13 members of the BYU lacrosse team receiving Rocky Mountain Lacrosse All-Conference team honors, including six receiving first team recognition. Jack Carpenter named the RMLC Rookie of the Year. Cougars in pro hoops. I always know if lacrosse is practicing because I pass the old Provo High coming in, and I'm like, oh, there they are. There they are. They weren't there this morning. They got the day off, I guess. In France, Charles Bleu had 10 points, four rebounds, and a steal for ADA Bleu. Bleu? Bleu. 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 <laughs> French. I don't know French. B-L-O-I-S. Anybody? Somebody help us out. Bueller in a two-point win against ASC Denain Voltaire. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Cougars in the minor. <laughs> Taylor Cole pitched an inning yesterday for the Salt Lake Bees in AAA, giving up one run, recording two strikeouts, and a 14-8 win over the Albuquerque Isotopes. Brennan Lund went three for eight, scoring one run over the two games. And Cole Shaver had an RBI single in the single-A Fayetteville Woodpeckers 4-2 loss to the Down East Wood Ducks yesterday. Cougars in the PGA. Three former Cougs participated in the Dormy Network Classic on the Web.com Tour. Zach Blair finished tied for 36th. Mike Weir finished tied for 40th. And Daniel Summerhays tied for 58th. Jerem? Actually me. Back to you. Today's rise and shout-outs. Begin with me. And I'm going, yes, Sione Takitaki. An incredible rise from a minor senior bowl game invite, but this goes to he and his wife, Alyssa. She has helped him turn things around incredible. Jaslyn Gardner, freshman, 100-meter record, 11.38. Awesome. Nice job. Oh, so good. Yeah, record-breaking NFL draft type of weekend. Our question of the day, which NFL team that is not your favorite do you root for most because of a former BYU player on that team? Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years at jbrady underscore 12 on Instagram. Saints. I'm a Latter-day Saint. I'm a Taysom fan. I'm a Kafusi fan. That's all there is to it. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. Ran out of time. Oh, man. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Tomasi Laulile. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation.